coaches? Welcome to the very first episode of Run the Power Podcast. I'm Roddy Harper, and on this episode, me and my co-host Brady Walls talk about mentors, practice reps, and a lot of other interesting things that pertain to the offensive linemen and all of us. Hope you guys enjoy it. Walls, man, what's up? Hey, to start it off, we'll give a little bit of background on you. You grew up, your dad was a coach, uh, then went on to a bunch of different schools, eventually in, in uh, Jinx, Jinx, Oklahoma, then at University of Tulsa, then Broken Arrow, now back to um, Des Moines. So uh, what kind of brought you there uh, as a young kid? Well, I guess I, my dad, he was a coach for a long time. Um, I grew up basically on the border of uh, North Dakota and South Dakota. And my dad coached at a really small school going out of high school or going out of college, I should say. So, you know, winning a state title there, that's kind of the first memories I have. Just really, really small. You know, I remember you know, wearing wearing helmets and you know, wearing football uniforms, stuff like that. The guys always messing with me on the bus. Sure. So everybody. that's kind of my first, <laughs> my kind of my first, first memories of, of any ball. And then, uh, when we got to pier where my dad moved and where I kind of grew up, that was where I kind of started to really get into it. Um, he, he had some opportunities to kind of move on and go do things, but you know, he, he wanted to just watch his boys grow up. But at the same time, he was kind of teaching me and my brother a lot about the game. Um, I don't know. I guess growing up, I was probably more of like a basketball player. I was, I was kind of really into to hoops, probably because the weather was so crappy in South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, you know, at, least be, <laughs> at least be you know, at least be in there and be warm because we're not outside snowing on us or ice or whatever. But I thought I was going to do all the basketball stuff. Then when I got to college, I just fell in love with football, and it's kind of been that way ever since. So bounced around a little bit and then I kind of got my big break when when uh coach Maddox decided to hire me at Jenks and that was where it really started to take off when we went to Jenks got to do a year at Tulsa and then uh now back up here in uh in Iowa because I guess you fall in love and you get married and she wasn't moving so I decided to move up here and honestly it's been a really good deal <laughs> yeah that's, I guess that's how it goes sometimes right yeah Unfortunately, but fortunately. Yeah, sure. Um, I, well, hey, I, to me, the, the most interesting thing you've always, you've always said, and, and we coached together um, at Broken Arrow, and, and I coached for you, I guess, with you being the offense coordinator, and I came and learned a lot of my football, almost all of my football from you and from, from David Alexander. But uh, the most interesting thing you ever talked about when I was there was uh, you said when, when you would become a head coach, your first question would be, uh, to to football coaches is, hey, how much do you love football? And, and don't tell me a generic answer. Give me uh, proof of how much you love football, and then you'd go on to tell me uh, your story about living out of a car so you could so you could coach football. So so what was that story? Well, when I was at Tulsa, uh, they don't pay very well when you're a graduate assistant. Now some <laughs> of these Power Five places. You'll uh, you'll actually get paid pretty well. I, I got some buddies that literally have been GAs or you know off the field analysts for going on a decade now. 
and they're making a pretty solid living doing it. That wasn't the case when I was doing it. Is it you know I'm in my 30s. I'd already, you know, I'd already been to the finals with Jenks. I'd already been a coordinator and been a head coach, but I knew there was there was holes in my game. I knew there was things that, that I wasn't very good at. So when you're only making about a thousand bucks a month and you really don't know anybody at that time, it's kind of hard to to find a place. So there was nights where I was I was spending the night either, you know, in the office because there were some guys there that were were nice enough. You know, hey, you can sleep in my office if you want to. So I'd do that. Or I'd sleep in the locker room. And then there's other nights where I just sleep in my car. So it got to be pretty crazy. But at the same time, you know, I'd stay up till all hours of the night watching film. And then I'd be able to wake up at five or six in the morning and I'd be able to get stuff done. But, but to me, I, I wouldn't have it any other way because that experience for me was, was valuable. And I think it shows a lot of people and showed me how much I really wanted it. You know, I, I could go through those things and it wasn't, you know, me complaining about anything was never complaining about a job or any <clears throat> not complaining about money is just like, you know what, this is how bad I want it. You know? And then honestly, when I meet guys like you or you get other guys who are really, really fired up about ball, you can almost just kind of sense it about them. Like, okay, this guy's got a chance to be pretty good because he's got the same attitude that I do. He wants to stay here for a long time and learn this stuff. You know, it ain't for everybody. So. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Well, that, well, that's what I was going to say. Um, I think it's something that's just not talked about very much. I mean, as much as the X's and O's as everyone gets into and, and what scheme fits best and what, what type of offense, what type of defense, in my opinion, um, and it was the same as when I was when you're playing football, is it, a lot of times it just comes down to who loves football the most, who's willing to uh, obsess over it every day. And, and it was interesting to hear you say that uh, when I first got to Broken Arrow because – um, you don't hear very many coaches talk about that. No, and you see, I mean, you, you see it with your kids too. I mean, you, if you could probably sit down with a pen and you could write down your top five or six kids and every single one of them, the thing you'd be able to understand is how much they loved football. You know, this, they wouldn't just talk about it like, Oh, it's, just, it's such a fun game or, you know, it's, it's so cool to be with my buddies or whatever. They would just talk about how awesome all of it was. You know, the, the kid, the kid now, you, you see everyone doing the, the stories about the kid from central Florida with the one arm or the one hand, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the prime, the prime example. I mean, here was a kid the first two years he's at UCF, he didn't even get on the field. And then all of a sudden a new staff comes in and all, all those guys just say, I can't believe how much this guy loved football. You know, he'd sleep and <laughs> he'd sleep in the office. Right. He'd watch yeah. film, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, these guys give him a chance and you're like, okay, that, that guy's going to make it no matter what, you know, it's the same in coaching. Right. You know, there's, there's something about right that. now. There's something about that, isn't there? It's like, um, I don't know. Everyone talks about don't get burnt out don't get this and that, but there's, there's always, it seems like to me, a correlation between the people that are up around football. Uh, even again, when I was, when I was playing the, the dudes that were watching film and were just up at the facility at all times, they, they were the ones that ended up playing on Saturdays. And it it seems to be the same, uh, in my relatively small coaching career, it seems to be the same. The successful guys are the ones that want to be at football all the time. So, 
So you played at Houston, right? And you played with Keenum. I, I bet Case was probably one of those guys too. Would you say? Oh yeah, never. I mean, was that was that the facilities at all times? Any any quarterback at Houston was that was any good was that's all they did was they were up there and Case would call meetings with his receivers to get them up there. So they were doing what what he you know knew that they needed to be doing. And to me, it's just it's just funny now because all you hear on the news is. Yo, is Keenum going to start for the Vikings? Is Keenum going to start? You know, it's like, dude, this guy's been the guy, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and there's and there's a reason for it, you know. He's the kind of guy that they just they just can't seem to get rid of because he is so prepared, you know, and he just loves ball. That's right. You know, his dad was a coach um, as well, so a kid that just grew up around football and loved football. And, and there's something to be said. You know, it seems like lip service as you're growing up from people that talk about working hard and loving what you do. But um, the more I've been around it, it's just crazy that uh, the people that do love it and are around it all the time, they're the ones that are successful with it. Weird, huh? Yeah, weird how it works. <laughs> hey, um, the, the the big parts I took um, – from when you were helping, uh, when you were coaching at Broken Arrow, and it helped me out a lot. Uh, the the biggest takeaways I took uh, from practice was you'd talk about um, having full speed drills in practice. Um, my first year, I wanted to be really technical, get a lot of slow steps, and make sure every step and everything was perfect. And you talked me into going, um, you know, full speed drills and getting a lot of reps. Uh, what? Where did you get that from? Who'd you learn that from? Was it just something that you started using more or, or what brought you to that conclusion? Because now that's, that's um, more and more the way I'm going is getting just a ton of reps, as many as I can in practice. See, I, I think you get, you know, everyone talks about, okay, you're, you're coaching high school. You're dealing with maybe more novice athletes. You need to slow things down. Um, I, I saw the opposite to be true. And honestly, the guy who, who it really clicked with for me was when I worked for Alan Trimble and Trimble always said, you know, we're going to have two huddles. So we're maximizing reps there. And then when you're doing stuff with your offensive line, try to figure out ways to get as many reps as you can. Now it helped because we always had two O-line coaches and then a tight end coach. So you had three coaches where you could, you could kind of split up into groups. And to me, it was genius to be able to, to maximize reps. You know, I, I think the classic example is in everyone in America, almost, it seems like does it They line up the five guys on the offensive line. And then they do one-on-one pass rush and they just go one guy at a time. Right. So they go, okay, left tackle, you're up. Okay. Hey, hey you know, you could have done a little bit better here. Okay. Left guard, you're up. And it just seemed, it just seemed to me, and it seemed like to coach Trimble is like, that's a waste of time. It's a waste of reps why don't you just split them up and everyone just goes as many times as they possibly can. So rather than getting three reps in five minutes, they get 30 reps in five minutes. Well, sure. that, that adds up over time. And I think, you know, I was talking about the start, you need to slow it down. I think it's the opposite. Kids need to go as fast as they can as many times as they can. So they get used to playing at that speed. Uh, you know, I, I totally get it when you're, you know, you're at Houston or I was at Tulsa those guys' shoulders are banged up. You know, your starters maybe don't need to take all those reps. In the NFL, a guy's getting paid for it. He's making millions of dollars. I understand it. But with kids in high school, they're not experts at it yet. So you got to make up for lost time. You know, you, you always say as a young coach, you had to make up 15 years in one one year. I think it's the same thing with your players. Right. I got to make up 
I got to make up all these reps in as much time as I, or as fast as I possibly can. No, that's, um, that's when you talk about your one-on-one pass pro drill, I was going to, I was going to bring that up, but, um, that's been to me the most influential, influential drill that we've started using now these past couple of years is, and again, like you said, we're, we're lucky. We have a couple coaches getting to help the offensive line, but, um, I get to bring the tackles with me. Coach Broyles gets to bring the guards and centers with him and the kids get, um, as many reps as we can possibly get them. And, uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding, as they say. But when they get that many reps, especially towards the beginning of season or in preseason, uh, you can you can tell that they get better in a week, you know, which is which when you're going one guy at a time, they're getting two reps over 15 minutes. Uh, if you're going the entire offensive line, it's just, it's just not the reps that you're looking for. Harpit, watching it now, it, it, it literally just pains my soul. It just hurts when I see when I see anyone just doing the, the one guy at a time. I mean, it, it's like nails on the chalkboard for me now, and I just feel bad for all those kids that are sitting off to the side and they're on a knee, you know. And and you know, one guy's getting coached, and it takes thirty five seconds. And it's like, dude, you could have coached, you know, six guys in the amount of time it took you to coach one, and we're all just standing here watching. The other thing is, I mean, imagine how much better your pass rush is getting. You know, I, I, I hear coaches all the time, God, we're just not very good pass rushers. Well, rush the passer. <laughs> you know, what, what about, you know, what about, uh, coach, we, coach, we play all these, all these tempo teams and they're snapping it every 15 seconds. Cool. Wouldn't it make sense for you guys to, to pass rush every 15 seconds and you get a little conditioning out of it? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it, it just it just doesn't make sense because they're like, "Oh, this is how we did it when I was in school, so I'm going to do it like this." That's exactly right. And and to me, I mean, you can. There's so many ways to film these practices. I mean, you can you can literally do it from your telephone. Probably even if you have a dumb phone, right? It's not a smartphone. You got a dumb phone. It still probably has yeah. a video on there, and you could still record it all and, and watch it at the end of practice if you needed to. I mean, um, there's there's really no excuse to not get as many reps as possible, especially in pass pro, a thing that's not extremely physical and taxing on your body. Yeah. And kid, that's the kind of stuff that honestly you know, it's competitive. Kids want to go back and watch it on their own anyway. I mean, that's the first thing all the alignment, Hey coach, can we watch one-on-ones? You know, sometimes you'd have time, sometimes you wouldn't, but all those kids would watch that. And then they could, you know, they could, they could maybe come up with questions like, Hey coach, I'm consistently getting beat with this. You know, or even better, they figure it out on their own. You know, right? That's yeah. the, the best, the, the best coaching there is. You know, it's not me turning this dude into a robot. All of a sudden, he finds something that works for him, and then you encourage it. You know, that's the other thing I see. You know, I've, I've heard coaches say, "God, he just won't. He just won't do what he, what I want him to do." And I sit there and I watch the film, and I'm like, "Coach, the guy's killing people. <laughs> Why do you want to change him? <laughs> Why do you? Want it doesn't look like." <laughs> it doesn't look like my clinic film, you know? And I'm like, no, that ain't coaching, man. <laughs> Teach this guy how to be a player. And if he already can do it, don't mess him up. Get out of his way. That's great. You're exactly right. And it's something that I think when you're a player, you don't realize that you do it so much uh, until you go back and really, really have to think about it. But um, I forget just how many times, you know, there's things I've picked up and done that coaches have never taught me. It's just, I've gotten a thousand reps. And so you, you start, doing things naturally and feeling what works. And uh, to me, you know, why is a senior offensive lineman 
normally better than a sophomore offensive lineman. It's because they've gotten so many more uh, game reps. So as many reps as we can get these kids in practice, just just the better and the quicker that they come along. And uh, it's just by getting those reps and feeling it. There's no doubt about it, man. De- development and reps, you know, <laughs> reps in the weight room. That's why they get stronger, you know, Re- reps at the dinner table. They're older. They've eaten more meals. They're able to sure. build more muscle. I mean, it's like anything else. If you want to play when you're younger, you got to, you got to be able to make up for that lost time. Right. Um, well, uh, I know we got our, uh, we have a drill, badger drill. Me and you kind of came up with together. Uh, it's for, you know, inside zone and just, it's got uh, a bunch, awesome of, drill. bunch of defenders, bunch of offensive players, and they're just going rapid fire zone steps and, and it's rolling. And we stole that from Wisconsin, um, on a, mm-hmm. on a YouTube video, you know, which worked out well. Um, I know you like to go to other colleges, uh, we've been to other ones uh, together. You know, we've been to Nebraska. We went to Missouri. Uh, and then, obviously, you've been to more than I could count. What's what's one of the things that you like to, when you go to a, a college practice or you get to sit down with a college coach, what's what's some good questions you like to ask or what's some good things that you look for uh, during a practice? I try to look. I know when I was younger, um, you know, it was all scheme-driven for me. Or you're looking for plays. You're looking for a couple of edges. Now it's changed a lot now where, where I, I'm looking to see, okay, how do they install this? And then I like to go to the indie periods because I want to hear how are they teaching the technique? Um, what buzzwords are they, are they saying? You know, when kids can repeat what you're teaching, like sometimes, you know, you almost hear them making fun of you. Right. Some of the things you consistently say, you know, they like start imitating you. That's when I know I'm doing a good job. Yeah, that, you know, that's, like, okay, really, that's the best part, isn't it? I mean, you hear them, you hear them telling people about it or talking amongst themselves, and they're using buzzwords that they could have only heard from you. That kind of makes you feel good about yourself when when you do hear that. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's that common language stuff, you know. And I got a lot of that from Dub when when I'd worked with him, you know, for a lot of their NFA camp stuff. I mean, they talked a lot about being able to speak a common language. Well, when you're at a camp, you know, it makes sense if you're a coach. You know, don't don't be saying something that's opposite of what one of the other guys is saying. It kind of contradicts it. So, I love going to these college campuses just for that reason. Figure out how they teach things, you know, in the language that they're using. As far as questions to ask these guys, again, I, I try to get as in depth as I can to to you know where are their eyes on a certain key, where are their feet going to be, where are their hands supposed to be. I think those are the the questions that are going to make you a lot better in the long run. And then if you're a play caller, you know, if if I can get a chance with the, the offensive coordinator, I always try to kind of ask him flow, you know, how, how do you go about calling things in your offense? You know, where, where do you start? Where do you end? What do you look for? I think those always give you a lot more in depth because I think if you just ask them scheme questions, you know, Hey, what do you, what do you guys like to run? You know, well, we're inside zone. It kind of just stops there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas if you can get, if you can get them to a question where you know they're they're explaining how or why, you can get a lot more in depth information from those. And then honestly, if you got a guy that won't tell you how or why, you probably shouldn't be talking to that guy anyway because <laughs> he ain't gonna help you. <laughs> Go ahead and move it on. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. You find about- somebody that will. Find, hey, here, I would say the last one. Here's the other thing. A lot of guys will look past. You know, they want to go talk to the big name dude. You know. Urban right. Meyer is not going to have a lot of time, a lot of time for you. Go talk to the GAs. All right. The GAs are the ones that break down all the film. They're dying for people to talk to. 
And those are usually some of the guys that can give you some of the inside stuff. A lot of times they're the ones signaling, you know, they, they're, they're breaking down the other teams. Like, Hey, here's some of the stuff we've seen and we're using to attack it. You know, those are the kind of guys that are looking to network anyway. So I think, you know, go talk to those guys, the guys lower on the totem, uh, totem pole. Right. That's, that's like you said, that's what you were a GA and, and um, you said uh, you'd said before that um, some of the best things you got was just like, like you said, they break down film all the time. So you got a lot of the, the plays you like, the things you do and don't like from watching other big time schools uh, when you're breaking teams down. Is that, is that right? Yeah, we'd go. So, I mean, you'd, we'd get, be able to go in the spring, you know, when obviously I, I didn't have a family or a wife, but I used to spend, you know, two weeks at spring ball, stay with a buddy. And then I would just go sit in there and they'd hook you up with some film. You know, they wouldn't even have a coach in there. They'd be like, okay, this is a young coach. He doesn't have any players of recruiting. We can't really help him, but we're going to be nice. Right. So literally you'd be able to go sit in there. I, I remember going up through when Nebraska had spring ball and I watched like all the cutups for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Bill Callahan was there. He's a big Gruden guy. So he had all of Tampa Bay's cutups broke down. So I'm watching all their goal line, short yard stuff. So I'm like, sweet. I'm going to watch football formations in power for eight hours today. <laughs> all right. It's been a great day for you, which was an unbelievable day, oh, you know? Sure. And then, and then you're able to sit in there. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm learning a little bit now about their goal line power. What do they do off of it? Okay. Here's the power pass. Here's some of the nakeds they run. You know, here's maybe a counter play. They run off of it, faking a reverse. You'd be able to kind of start to pick up all these things. And that's when you're sitting there watching the film. That's where maybe you're jotting down some questions. Okay. I got a question here. I got a question on this. I got a question on that. But there's no better way than for you to be able to just sit in a, in a dark film room for eight hours and, and start breaking it all down. Just to start, start absorbing ball. Yep. Yeah, man. No, no doubt. Um, well, you talk about, you know, just being a ball coach, uh, coaching ball. You've got a, you've got a blog that you started, right. Um, for ball coaches. Yep. Uh, what made you, you know, what made you gear it towards, uh, helping out ball coaches? I know, um, you've, you've helped me out a ton and, and any other young coaches that I've seen at Broken Arrow that, that want the help, but what, what makes you want to give back and, and help us younger coaches and, and other football coaches? Well, I think it's kind of twofold. I mean, I, honestly, I, I just think it's, it's our obligation um, as, as coaches to, to pass on the knowledge, you know, all the stuff that I know was taught to me by somebody else, or I stole it from somebody else. And maybe I put my own spin on it. So none, none of the stuff that we're doing is freaking, you know, rocket science. We're just regurgitating stuff we've learned. So I think that's kind of part of the deal. And then I'm always a big one on, on paying it forward. I mean, if you're, if you're giving back to the game, it just seems like better things just tend to happen to you and your team. Right. You know, and, and I just think the, the more approachable you can be and, and not treat it like a guru, you know, uh, the stuff that I write about in, in that blog stuff, there's probably some guys that are like, yeah, I, I, I knew that. <laughs> and maybe they did, but I think a lot of guys, the input I get back is like, coach, this is like program changing stuff. Right. And it was honestly, it was honestly stuff that no one really taught me. You know, it's not something you could really go ask a question about. You know, I, I didn't know how to have a position meeting. No one ever sat, sat me down and taught me how to do it. You know, I've, I've learned that throughout the, the years, you know, practice planning. I didn't, I didn't know, 
you know, you just kind of sit there and observe that stuff. But most people are all just worried about, you know, what's the next way I can run shovel pass, you know, right. or how many, yeah. how many different ways, how many <laughs> different ways can I shift, shift to get into this formation and run mesh, you know, whereas, <laughs> you know, no, nobody thinks about the, the actual, you know, practicing of it, the technique. So I, I just think, you know, being a, being a ball coach is just learning kind of all, all the aspects of football and just being a master of your craft, you know, how good of a teacher are you? You know, can you coach multiple positions? Do you understand situations? You know, understand that, hey, there's three minutes left. We probably shouldn't be calling passes when we're ahead. You know, so <laughs> right. I mean, right. I just, I just think stuff like that tends to to not get taught. Or you know, some coaches might kind of look at you like, you know, why why are you worried about that? Are you kind of some kind of dumbass? You know, I think it's kind of in that gray area where it's like. <laughs> You know, do I, do I ask coach about that stuff? You know, it's not really stuff that's, that's taught, but then it's kind of like, Oh wow. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Right. So that's kind of what I try to hit on. How do you, how do you, um, how do you balance the not wanting to, not that they're secrets, but not wanting to give away all your information um, with helping out other coaches Right. That's kind of what I've been asking. I know I kind of have my answer for it. Um, and I kind of stole it from my dad who was a coach, but how do you, um, how do you balance that of how much you give out to help other coaches and how much you keep to yourself, um, and away from the competition, if you will. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys won't give up film. I think that's probably one of the, the main ways where you're not giving up a ton of stuff. I, I just think, you know, I mean, when, when, when it comes to football, honestly, I, I'm really would be very, very open. There's not a, a lot of things that, that I would worry about because I, I think a lot of that stuff's, you know, pretty overrated. You see a lot of paranoid guys, you know, now they're covering up all their signals and, you know, I've, I've, I've been known to see people steal signals or maybe <laughs> I did or did not steal signals. <laughs> no, but, uh, just, uh, hearsay. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that stuff, I, I think, I think that might get you a win or two and stuff like that. But I just think in the, in the end, you know, you're, you're not going to get anywhere if you're just continuously being a, a selfish person, you know, and I'm not saying hey, you give away all your stuff, but you know, to me, the more paranoid and, and selfish you are, I just, I just feel like in the long run, that stuff just ends up biting you anyway, you know? Right. It I definitely think, does. I think, and by helping other coaches out, I mean, not only are, are you know, you, you paying it forward or, or whatever, but you're also helping um, football as a whole, which is, again, how we started this whole thing. I mean, that's, that's why we got into it, because we love football. and We want to see the game of football continue to be, uh, the, you know, the greatest sport that there is. Yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be done for, for me to, to have as much glory as I possibly can you know, for me to, to have as many rings as I possibly can gather. I mean, all that stuff, it, it may be cool at the time, but that stuff just sits around and gathers dust and you'll be the only person that's sitting there looking at it. Whereas if, if you have paid it forward and all of a sudden now you have a network of, of friends and coaches and then of kids that you have coached, you know, maybe they go into the profession. To me, that's the fun part to see. You know, you, you have guys that you coached and they're like, coach, you know, I want to I want to coach because I really like the way you coached me. Right. And to me, that's like the, the ultimate. And then when you see, you know, I get to see guys like, like you, you know, continue to get better. You see guys like Tim Holt go off and have really good seasons at Kawita. I mean, to me, that, that legacy 
of guys who worked underneath you. When they go have success, I feel their success. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would feel that if all I did was keep stuff to myself. Sure. You know, maybe win a state championship here and there. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, all right, what's next? You know, yeah. that gets to be pretty empty. Um, you, you talked about earlier about coach, um, Alan Trimble over at Jinx and I never got the, mm-hmm. um, I never got to coach for him obviously. Uh, but, but you did. And so, mm-hmm. uh, kind of bringing it back to, you know, you helping out younger coaches, how did, um, wh- what did you learn from, from coach Trimble and, um, you know, anything I've ever heard from anyone that's ever been around coach Trimble is he's a, he's an amazing person, amazing guy, great football coach, great husband, um, father, uh, what, what were some of the major things you learned maybe, maybe in football, but maybe outside of football as well from coach Trimble. But Trimble was, you know, he, he could seamlessly go back and forth between master and learner. So, I mean, you know, does that make sense? I mean, he'd, he'd be, he'd be the leader. He'd be the, the head coach. You know, he, he would have his standards. He would hold you accountable but then along the same lines, he was able to kind of flip the script and he would ask you your opinion or he would ask you, Hey, you know, coach walls, what, what were some ways you, you had maybe done this in the past? And he would take that stuff, you know, under consideration. And he, he would never kind of like impose, you know, like his will, he, he could just do it naturally. Right. And he could just kind of manage, you know what I'm saying? He'd be like, okay, here's how jinx football is going to be operated. Here's how I want our offensive line to look here's how I want this to look. So you kind of had a model for what it was going to be. And then he would hold you to that. And then beyond all that, I mean, off the field, the guy was exactly who people said he was, you know, he, he was no double life. He went to church all the time. You know, he gave back his, his daughters were excellent. His wife was excellent. So, I mean, his family life was all in order to me. That was just the, the amazing ability of him to be who he was and then seamlessly kind of work in between all the different jobs he had to do. There was, there was no one I've seen that was better. And then, I mean, it, it was, it was awesome to work for because he was so open and so willing to help you with anything you needed. So I owe that dude a lot. That, I mean, to me, that's really amazing that, you know, even the really great people you'll hear, you know, six out of 10 people say how great they are. Then you'll hear the three or four grumble about something, um, Obviously, I'm not going out asking polls about Coach Trimble, but anyone that's ever been around, worked for him, had any actual dealings with him, um, I, you know, you hear 10 out of 10 people say, amazing coach, amazing person. It's someone you'd want your son uh, to be like, to be around. That You know, and that includes David Alexander, you know, my head coach at Broken mm-hmm. Arrow. Um, he, you know, he loves Alan Trimble, looks up to Trimble, great friends, you know, just because – like I said, you don't hear anyone that actually knows Coach Trimble that doesn't say he's just a great person. And, and you don't – it's a great ambassador of football, but you, you just don't see that very often with, with people in general. But, uh, you know, even, even especially with, with football coaches. Yeah, he's, he, he's uh, basically a living legend, man. And it's, it's so unfortunate to see – what's happened. But I mean, the, the cool thing is again, by, by the way that he's, he's led his life and the way that, you know, he was able to impart knowledge and impart leadership to young men. I mean, just think of the legacy he's going to leave behind. I mean, he's got dozens, if not hundreds of coaches, thousands of athletes who are going to go and hopefully coach their kids or, 
you know, if they get into a program, the guys that they have underneath them, they're going to pay all of that stuff forward. I mean, that's a tremendous legacy and a tremendous gift to the game that he's given, you know, and, and he would never sit there and think, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's why I did it. He just did it because that's who he was, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, um, I, like I said, can't say enough uh, good things about him and, and I'm sure you're uh, glad that you did uh, get to, you know, coach for him and, and now, you know, kind of help, help along other young coaches um, like myself, you know, now you get to kind of, do that as well uh you you coached at jinx uh you coached at tulsa uh when you got to broken arrow you know we always talked about rtp run the power your big uh gap scheme we've talked um hours and hours days and days about gap scheme um where did that where did you become a, a fan of of gap scheme and power and and running those things was it from you know denver johnson at tulsa or was it you know, just something that you've, you've come to like over the years, or was it, um, how did you start really start buying into what gap scheme gives you? Well, I think it, it started for me younger than that. Um, you know, growing up in the, in the Midwest, uh, in the North, I mean, people, if you're going to win, you're going to run the ball, you know, and I, and I went to, to Nebraska just as an undergraduate, you know, wasn't good enough to play, you know, short white boy didn't have much of a chance at playing in that machine. Right. But being able to just kind of sit there and observe, you know, coach Osborne, you know, everyone wanted to talk about the option, all the option, all the option to me, they, they made their biggest haze when they would get people tired and they'd line up and they'd, they'd get into 21 personnel and they run power or they're in 22 personnel and they're running power. Oh, so I think that was kind of the start for me. Um, North Dakota State, you know, has made a, a living doing it. So kind of one of the other programs up north. And then when I did get to Jenks, you know, Dave Alexander, that was his favorite play. So it was kind of a, a natural fit for me, you know, Come, coming from the wide receiver ranks. A lot of people were surprised, you right. know, and when you I was a young OC. we Zone RPO. Yeah, we, yeah, they're like, we'd throw, throw it all over the yard and we did. But, but those were the people we had, you know, but when I had – when I had the ability or I had the offensive line, I'm always like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to build it around imposing will on people. And to me, there's no better playing football to do that than, than the power. O. I mean, if you're running either ISO or power, you know, I remember listening again, you know, people think, you know, coach Callahan was a bad dude at Nebraska, but he, he had a whole clinic talk about blast and power. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the heck? And there's some guys there, you know, just like, what in the heck? Right. They don't, he, they don't said, listen to it. Yeah. And he's like, but he said, he goes, when you're in the NFL, there's three or four games decided every single year you're in the NFL about whether or not you can gain a yard on third and one, or you can score from the one yard line. And that really stuck with me a lot too. It's kind of like, you know what? I want the basis of my team to be, we're going to run power. We're going to be able to smash the football. And I want my offensive lineman thinking that. To me, if you've already begun to instill that mentality in your team and in your kids, you've already got half the battle won. It, it is. That's, you know, it's I not, mean, it's so true to me. I mean, like, like you said, um, it, it, it's like it, it reinforces an attitude. And as much as it seems like people are trying to get away from football is a tough sport and you got to be tougher than everyone else and a little bit meaner and, um, you know, they're trying to get away from them a little bit, but it all comes down to that with football. And, and that's why, 
you know, in my opinion. That's why uh, men and and males love football because it is about imposing your will on somebody. And um, like you said, I've played at Houston. We've won by scoring 80 points and making the other team tired. And then I've coached at Broken Arrow where we've physically worn down another team by uh, running power 27 times. And uh, there's just something about the, the male brain that, that makes it more fun to run power and beat a team and make them not want to play football anymore. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, we, I'll go back to when I coached basketball. We, we coached a year, you know, where we started off the season like 0 and 8. And we're trying to grind the clock, you know, run good possessions, run good offense, where we had a team where we had 13 dudes that could play, like 11 guys could shoot, and they could all run, run and do things. So we completely changed midstream and said, you know what, we're throwing all this other stuff out the window. We're going to run, we're going to gun, we're going to wear people down, and we're going to do that. I mean, to me, it's the same thing in football. Impose your will. But, you know, when we were going really, really fast with that team on the basketball court, we always said it's, it's hard to train people to go faster. It's easy to train them to go slower. Right. So, I mean, to me, to me, it's the same thing with, with football. Why not start with power? Train them to be tough. And then if you need to, to, to pull back on the reins a little bit, you always can. Rather than starting out soft, you know, or whatever, saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do all, we're going to throw the ball over the yard. It's hard then to input, say, okay, now we got to get tough. You know what I'm saying? Does that yeah, make sense? Now, now we need now we need one yard. That's that's one thing I will say um, for sure that that I loved about uh, the probably the most about this season. We had a great season, but um, the best thing I think that that we did, and he did a, a, a lot of really good things, and he's uh, he's great to to coach under. But Coach Wilkinson uh, let us very first day. He said, you know, what, what are we kind of thinking? What do we want to run? And, and he said, let's, let's run power. Day one is spring install. We're installing our whole new, whole new offense. We're going to go our two power plays day one just so there's no question on our offensive line, on our offense, you know, what we're going to be and what we're going to be about. And it did. It kind of set the, set the tone for um, what our offense was going to be by, like you said, just, just getting to run power day yeah. one. Yeah, dude, you, you get what you emphasize, you know, and I, and I just think in, in today's, today's age, it's more important than ever. I mean, you got to emphasize being physical and being tough, you know, and it should look no further than the, the college football playoff. Look at the two teams that won it. That's exactly they're, they're right. Great, you know, great defensive teams, you know, I guess the, the Rose Bowl might have you know, proved out a little bit more of a shootout, but that's <laughs> kind of the way OU plays. Sure. But I mean, it, those are the two teams that, that smoke you, that play the most physical football, that, you know, get in your face and play man-to-man. And, of course, you know, everyone will say, oh, they got, they got the freaks. They got most – there's a reason the freaks go there. Yep. All right? Fre- freaks want to get coached hard. The freaks want to be in, in a, in a pro-style scheme because they know that's their ultimate goal, you know? There's a reason these other teams go to, you know, maybe the, the spread or doing some of these other things. And it's fine. You know, they're, they're basically just admitting a lot of them say, well, we just can't line up and, and beat these guys. Right? That's, right. that's what they all say. That's, that's the I can't just line up and beat these guys. I can't. Well, is it because is it you can't or because you don't want to? You know, that, that was always kind of my deal. You know, if, if, you, if you say that you can't, you're right. That's right. If you say that you can, if you say that you can, I also think you're going to be right. Or you'll be a heck of a lot closer than if you say you can't. Sure. So um, I, I think... 
I think kids will be whatever you want them to be as long as you, you believe in it, you know? I think you made a great point. You said, um, and, and I just want to touch on this a little bit, but you said the really good, the really good players, they want to be coached hard. You know, I, I see a lot of people that think um, the kids are getting coached too hard, pushed too hard. Um, anyone that, that, that's a good player that, you know, that really loves football, wants to be better, any of them that I've ever been around, and me as a player, they love being coached hard, just like you said. They want to they wanna be great. They're looking for a coach to make them better. They're not out there. Um, you know, they want to have fun, but they're not out there to just uh, play playground rules. They want to they wanna be the best that they can possibly be, and, and they want you to coach them hard and look for the little things. Yeah, I think, you know, there's some of those coaches that get a bad rap. Are, are there bad apples out there? There's no doubt about it. You know, there, there's coaches out there that, you know, push push kids too hard because, you know, they don't care about kids, you know, and then they do things. But I think along the other lines, there's a lot of coaches that can really, really pull it out of guys because the kids know that the, the coach loves them and he's got their best interests at heart. You know, Nick Saban could probably be a really, really tough dude. But at the end of the day, I mean, all those kids say they love playing for him. That's right. You know, he, he, put, he puts dudes in the NFL, you know, the walk-on kids graduate, they go get good jobs. He helps them out. You know, Urban Meyer's the same way. There's a reason why those guys are the best. You know, they push those dudes really, really hard and they get the really, really good players because you said it. Those guys want to be pushed. They want to go to the NFL. They, they want to be the best they possibly can, you know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really see it any other way. You know, build that relationship with a kid and then push him to be the ultimate. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you love on these kids, and you get just as excited when they do well as as, as you get upset when they do poorly. And, and um, you know, it makes them better players. And, and like you said, man, the, the good ones, they just – they want to be pushed. They want to be the best they can be. And uh, all I've ever gotten from those kids is, is how much they loved being pushed and how much they cared for me and I care for them uh, after it because, you know, we, w- we went through it together and it was – you know, it was a we thing. It's an hour thing. And to, to me, that's one Dang of the right. parts about offensive line is it is so such a, a group dynamic. They're kind of the weird ones or whatever you want to say. They're the ones that don't get to have much fun at practice. And it really, it, it binds huh. you together. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I, I thought those guys, I mean, when, when I coached O-line, it was the most fun I've ever had as a coach for all those reasons you said. I mean, you're dealing with very unselfish people. You're dealing with the toughest people. You know, you're usually dealing with some of the, the quietest people that just like to grab their lunch pail and go to work. But I mean, those guys, those guys are so fun to coach sure, because they, they, they love it. And you, you understand it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, and honestly, you know, people say, you know, it, it's a grind for those guys. I think a lot of those guys love, love <laughs> some of the stuff we do in practice. Just love beating dudes up, you know, love. Love, you know, and when a receiver drops a ball and the ball goes down into that, in the offensive line pit there, you know, grabbing it and throwing it out of there, or kicking it out, <laughs> or, hey, catch the ball. I mean, to me, it's just kind of a, a fun, fun thing for those guys to do, you know? I just, That's right. They do love it. We talk, we talk it up a bunch about how miserable it is uh, at practice, but we have the most fun, those 13 games that we get. But um, you're right. The linemen, they, they start to enjoy it. They start to really love practice and how they're the ones that, they're not going around catching passes. They're out there hitting and doing uh, manly stuff, if you will. And and uh, yeah. you're, you're right. Funniest part is receiver catches a ball and the and the lineman punts it up into the stands and tells him to 
or the receiver drops it and the lineman tells him to catch the ball, stay out of their, their drill. <laughs> Still my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's quite the fraternity of guys, you know, I love it. It is. Um, well, switching gears just a little bit. Um, yep. me and you both kind of rolled out, uh, Team Attack Academy this year. Uh, we both used yeah. it with our with our players and me with my offensive line. Um, it worked out uh, extremely well for me. Uh, for for everyone that doesn't know, it's just an, just an online um, classroom basically that that I we each coach gets to build and and install during the off season during the season. Uh, everything that they're going to use um, on the football field, they get to do it off the football field. And obviously, at Broken Arrow, it's really nice because we can push it to their phones, but they also all through our school, get a, get a a Chromebook for free from the school. But um, how did you, how did you implement that um, with your school and with your guys and, and how much, because I know how much it helped us, how much more prepared were you guys by, by being able to use team attack? I know we saw it kind of all the way through the levels. I know my guys, as far as skill position dudes, um, quarterbacks, the feedback I got from, from my postseason meetings were team attack helped me a lot in my preparation, you know, whereas we hadn't had it in the past. I, I, I felt like our JV squads and our lower level developmental guys were more knowledgeable about football. So uh, to me, that was kind of laying the foundation and laying the brick. So it's like, okay, now we got these guys coming back. We're going to be able to accelerate it. I think we'll really see it now in year two. But as far as, you know, scouting report was, was concerned each week, you know, there was no excuse for kids not to, to know the scouting report. You could quiz them. You could test them every single week. You know, I didn't have to sit there and grade it by hand. I liked that. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then in the, in the preseason, I mean, it was real easy. We, we started installing our offense in June. We, we'd already had all of our stuff done by that point. So I just think it really accelerated where our kids were at and it, and it was easy. You know, it's, it's not like it was really, really time consuming for kids. Right. They could hop on, they could look at some things whenever they needed to, you know, some, some kids learn it right away. It's just like in your classroom, you know, they, they got it right now. Boom, coach, I got it. Whereas other kids might be a high rep guy. They could sit there on their phone and they could practice, 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 watch more film, watch more film all of a sudden you see that learning curve starting to kind of level back out for that kid. So that, that was huge. I think the other thing that it did was it really unified a lot of the coaches on the staff, you know, throughout the entire program, we get to see varsity JV ninth grade, uh, eighth grade, all those guys were on there. So you're able to kind of coach up your other coaches too. And I, I think that was really, really powerful because, you know, all they had to do is create their own class. They could pull materials from my classroom and they can start teaching the the lower level dudes. So inside right. and out, I think it, it made a huge difference for us. And it, and it kind of goes back to like what you were saying with, with the common language, when everyone's speaking yep. exactly the same language, the kids aren't hearing three or four different words to mean the same thing. It's all, it's all concise. Everyone knows what's expected. Um, what, what we've, what I've always talked about with my offensive line, right. Is a, is a standard and, and keeping to the standard, but, um, for us, that, that was one of the best things for us was it allowed them to keep a high standard in um, developing as football players and learning their plays. And uh, like you said, in the scouting report, which um, honestly, it, it's something a little more controversial than, than a lot of coaches want to talk about. And it's probably something I'll blog about eventually. But 
Um, I, yeah. We've kind of gotten away from even showing the offensive line much of the team's defense that we play. We, we don't, I don't show them much film, maybe 10 minutes of film from the other team. But uh, in my opinion, I, I can give them the looks that they need uh, during practice uh, to know what a defense is going to look like. But the agree that save that 10 minutes, I can send it all through team attack. I save that 10 minutes of meeting that I need to, to have before practice to talk about mindset or whatever we need to talk about. And it saves me a little bit of that time because um, on top of, you know, on top of kids not really caring to watch another, another team play defense. Um, I don't know that c- kids are coached well enough on what to watch in film of another defense. Um, the whole reason we exactly. coach them is to, is to coach them to do the right thing and have technique that no matter what a defense does, slant or swim or rip, if they use the proper technique, then, then they'll execute the block mm-hmm. no matter what. So um, I think, you know, to me, it's more our job as coaches to put them in the situations they're going to see that Friday night rather than, yeah. uh, you know, having them watch – 30 minutes a day during their lunch period of, of whoever's defense that the kid doesn't really know what they're looking at anyways. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think when you coach offense, you know, quite honestly, you have no idea what the defense is going to do that week. You know, there, there's some teams where you, you might, okay. The, the unions, the janks, you know, the, the teams that are tried and true, the teams that are proven, you know, they're, they're going to do what they do. They're going to have a, a wrinkle or two. That's, that's about it. But, you know, you're going to have a pretty good idea of that. All these other games you go into, I mean, you you plan for an even front and all of a sudden they play odd. That's exactly you know, right. You play, plan for an odd front and all of a sudden they play even, you know. They hadn't played cover zero all year. Now they're playing cover zero. You know, the, the, the past is no indicator of what they're going to do. You know, it can maybe give you an idea, but you're, you're better off preparing your kids for everything. All right, here's the three basic fronts. Here's how we need to be able to block these. Right. Here's what we like because we feel like this is a kid we can attack. You know, I, I think focusing on those smaller things, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, I'd, I'd maybe show them 10 clips of, of the other team. Hey, here's how they basically line up to this. Here's how they kind of line up to this. Here's the kid we want to attack. Here's the kid we feel like we can double. Here's the kid we feel like we can isolate. You know, things like that. Other than that, it really it really wouldn't do you much good. I didn't think if they're just sitting there watching it, you know. No, worry about I, yourself. That's what we always tell 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 the kids, right? I completely let's, let's, agree. Let's just worry about let's just worry about you know let's just worry about us. And then in our meetings, we watch the other team. <laughs> watch the other team for thirty minutes. No, I I completely yeah. agree. And and that's what one thing I threw team attack during the season. I'd send out notes, but um, I'd also meet with the kids. And if you watch practice and you get to film it, we're lucky enough to film it and watch practice, but. Um, that's, that's where, in my opinion, you get better. You watch little technique things with footwork that if you're perfect on your technique, and this is what I always never understood when I was in college, why we didn't, why we paid so much attention to the team. Well, you've given me a technique and you've said this works against everything. So why don't I just perfect this technique? And it doesn't matter what they do on, on Saturday or on Friday, um, because my technique's going to set me free. Exactly. Otherwise, I think you're just sitting there chasing your tail, you know. And again, then you come off to the sideline. That's my other my other favorite one because now you got all you got all the freaking technology on the sidelines, you know, huddle sideline or you got sky coach or whatever. And what do we do? We look at 
what they they just did. We look at the past. <laughs> so again, you know, you're saying all this time. Okay, every every time we line up in trips, here's what they're doing. There is no rule. Yeah. This is what they did last time. Okay, okay, hey, this gave us problems. Here's how we can adjust to that. I think you do that, but I don't think you, you spend much time looking at all these things. To me, it's like, what are we doing in the in the future? So as an O coordinator, you know, I wasn't worried about you know a lot of that stuff on the film. I'm, I'll, I won't lie, I, I hardly looked at that stuff. Well, ours didn't really work that much. So that might be one reason. But <laughs> oh no, <laughs> but but I mean, I'm saying you know it, it, here at Des Moines, it worked all the time up at Ankeny. Right. But you know, there's a lot of times when I was calling plays. I mean, I, I'm always thinking of the next series. So maybe it's something I go back. It's like, okay, what happened on, you know, play three of that drive? And you look, okay, yeah, here we go. All right. They're still in this. I'm already looking for the next stuff. You know what I'm saying? Rather than sitting there dwelling on, oh, God, our double team here sucked. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, it's like, hey, fix the double team. Let's move on. Here's what they're doing to us. Here's the adjustment they made. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know, to me, to me, that's coaching. You know, anyone can grab the telestrator. And, and go look at an old play and be like, oh, God, here's why this didn't work. Yeah. You know, this should We should have done this. You know, I mean, there, there's two-year-olds that can do that. Hey, Dad, call the plays that work. Yeah, you know, right. and I think sometimes we, I think we fall into that trap. It's like, dude, let's, let's move past that. You know what I'm saying? Get to, the, get to what we need to, to be doing. Right. Um, you brought up a point earlier and it's something that I've started using I got to luckily we had a pretty good offensive line by by halfway through the season so I actually got to use it quite a bit this year and you had instilled it uh installed it I guess our our first year but um we we would go into inside and we would uh you know if we get 12 plays of inside maybe three or four of them were against the defensive front I thought I was going to see that week and the rest was a jumble of bear and odd and four three box and three three stack and it was just our base plays that we ran really well our pin and pull our our two powers um and and inside zone and it was against every front imaginable that i could think of that we might get and um it, it saved us it got us out of a lot of games that that teams that uh maybe weren't weren't as good as, as some of the perennial teams that they jumped into bear all of a sudden. And luckily we had, we'd worked it all year. So it wasn't even a thing where we had to bring them over to the sideline and change a bunch of stuff. It was okay. Hey, remember two weeks ago when we practiced bear uh, against strong power. Okay. Well, well, let's make sure we make those, those calls and let's uh, let's get that uh, those tags called. Yeah. And a, a lot of times it's even cooler when the kids come off the side, there'd be times at Jenks and I had some really smart linemen, Stuart White, uh, Clayton Esmond, some of those guys, they come off to the side, like, hey, coach, did you see that call we made on that? I'm like, dude, that was sweet, you know, where they start to pick that stuff up on their own and they're playing and they're thinking, I mean, to, to me, when you're, when you're doing that as a coach, you know, to, to me, again, when you're, when you're being reactive and you, you're telling them, okay, here's what we should have done, here's what we should have done, we need to do this, need to do this, and you're kind of being authoritarian rather than, okay, you guys know what, you, what to do on this. We've practiced this before. Right. And it puts the onus back on those kids. I mean, I, I just think that's so powerful. You know, if, if you can, if you can get to that level, you know, to where you're not just holding the, the iron grip on those dudes and just let them go out and, and play free. Just like you said, it's just a quick reminder for them. They, they just roll, you know? Yeah. Um, no doubt. That's awesome. Uh, last thing I, I, I kind of wanted to know, and it's just, 
it's kind of my question that I have for, for any offensive line coach or a former offensive line coach. But uh, the big one to me is, is always, uh, so you're watching a football game or you're playing against a team and, and you see their offensive line playing. What, what would it be that their offense that another coach's offensive line would do that would impress you or you to say, man, that, that coach over there, he's a good, he's a good offensive line coach. I mean, it's obviously it's not just, uh, an offensive line that does well and rushes for a lot of yards because maybe maybe there's a coach in yeah. 3A that has could, four D1 kids. Barry, you know, but, and he's got Barry Sanders at running back. <laughs> Barry Sanders at running back, right? No, uh, he's going to look like a great coach. But but as a, a, a more, you know, as a coach that's, that's seen a lot of football and knows what it takes to be a good coach, what what would you see in an offensive line that would make you say, okay, that, that coach is a guy that I'd want to have on my staff one day. That's a good coach. The first thing you see in whether it's whether they're a tempo team or they huddle, you know, do they hustle to the line? I mean, to me, that's always kind of like, like rule one. First thing, first thing I learned from Alan Trimble when I was the line coach, guys play better when they hustle to the line, because I don't know why it is that they do. So whether it's two minute drill in their other tempo teams, I, I see guys that break and they are sprinting to the line. The second thing you see all the time is you see guys pointing and talking. So communicating, so run to the line, they communicate. And then like the last part you always see is the guys that, that are running downfield. If there's a big play, guys are sprinting after the ball. You know, you don't see the guys pass, pass protected dudes. And they just kind of grab their mouthpiece and start walking. You know, I don't care how good that kid is. That's not a kid I want to recruit. And then the coach is letting him do that. So, I mean, those are always the three things I would see the, the guys that run to the ball, the guys that communicate, and then how, how, passionately are they chasing the ball are they looking to go block and finish somebody else it, to me all that stuff right there has to be coached because those are all disciplined things you know what i'm saying i mean sure and, and it's guys something that any any offensive line kid could do i mean it's not you don't have to be yeah. a good offensive lineman to do any of those three things but those those, those three things are all related to coaching you know right. you, you told them to sprint to the ball or you're, you're holding them accountable for that you're forcing them to talk, you know, to point out odd, 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 or whatever it might be. You know, that has to be coached, especially in today's athlete. They'd rather text each other. You know, <laughs> if you put an, an, you put an OLED screen in their helmet, they do it. They text right. each other and say the call. And then the third thing is, you know, nobody, no, nobody, those big dudes, there's not many guys that want them to run down. Okay. He's a little bit bigger. Let's take it easy on him. I don't want him to get tired. No, you know, that's right. You sprint your ass down the field and you're going to clean people up and, and, and be the dude that gets in the shot. To me, all three of those things show, you know, a good coach and I, it shows kids, I think, that respect and love their coach. So it, it says a lot about the coach, I think, when they're doing those things. Awesome. That's great. It's, it's, uh, it's great to hear. And, and it is something, you know, that we're, that we speak on a lot is, is fanatical effort. And like you said, getting in the mm -hmm. shot. So it's great to hear, you know, someone else say that and say, that's what they look for as well, because, um, you know, I, I'm on the same page with that one. That's one of my big ones is you'd like to see an offensive line that, uh, anyone can give effort. But like you said, you've got to have a coach that actually holds you to that standard to give that effort. Yeah. So, um, like you said, I think it does, it does show how much, they're being coached or they're being allowed to, to get away with it. I don't, and that's a, you know, I don't, I try not to blame kids for that stuff. You know, you, you sit there and they're like, God, this guy's lazy. Well, maybe, maybe we need to, to dive into a little bit first. Coach is letting him be lazy. 
you know, if it's, if it's being, if it's being allowed to me, that's the coach's fault. And then if the kid still refuses, you know, I'm not going to do it. Then it's even more the coach's fault. That kid shouldn't play. That's exactly you right. Know? I mean, oh, how many I mean, coaches should be, heard, oh, my, my, my kid won't do this. He just won't do that. I mean, it's just to me, <laughs> I know they're blaming it on him, but it just screams to me how awful of a coach that person is. I mean, you, you're the coach. Aren't, isn't that your job? Yeah, don't play the guy. <laughs> That's right. Play, play G, I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't care who it is. Play Jimmy. Who's 180 pounds, but that guy will do everything we want him to do. He might get physically overmatched, but you know what? We're, we're sending a message to the rest of the team that big, big and lazy isn't going to cut it. You know, you, you can be all, all talented you want. You know, I remember, you remember, you know, R- Rowdy Frederick, you yeah. know, his, his first year the, the, before you got there, you know, Rowdy's one of my all time favorite offensive linemen, but we sat Rowdy down. And, and you know what? Here's the, the cool thing about him. He responded to it. And he exactly said, you know what, right. coach? He's like, you know what, coach? You're right. You guys have said this to me all along. You said I needed to lose weight. You said I needed to be able to give more effort. When we sat him down, all of a sudden we saw his level explode. And all of a sudden now he's getting D1 offers. That's you know? right. And he wasn't, he wasn't like that anymore. I mean, he was the standard of effort um, when I got there for the offensive line. And I mean, it, it just, it's simple stuff like that. I mean, the kid, you know, was, a, was a freakazoid. He's playing at Tulsa, but to, to his credit, he understood. He's like, you know what? You know, I think the coaches care about me and they're going to sit me down if I don't do it. That's the ultimate motivator. Every kid wants to play, you know, you don't have to scream at a kid. You don't have to, to gut a kid. You don't have to run a kid. It's just real easy. Hey, go sit down. <laughs> That's exactly if, right. if that won't motivate, if that won't motivate you, I don't know what will, you know, that kid's never going to play if, if, playing time won't motivate him. I don't know what's going to. Yep. That was exactly right. Well, coach walls, man, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for letting me take up so much of your time, man. It was great talking football. Uh, love to do this. Just, um, just another way for me to get to learn some football and, and, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Got something out of it as well. Oh, dude, I, I love it. We should, uh, we should do this more often. Heck, let's get the let's get it going once a month. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. I love it, man. It, I all of a sudden I look at the clock here, and we've been talking for an hour, and it seems like we've been talking for fifteen minutes. So that's exactly right. Weird how it happens when when you're just talking some ball and and talking offensive line and some football. It's just it's just nothing like it. Really, it, it's unreal. Yep. Well, let's do it again, man. That's going to do it for this episode of Run the Power. Make sure and go check out my blog about offensive line play at olineindustries.wordpress.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore coach. Also, go follow Coach Walls' blog that he mentioned about ball coach development at ballcoachdevelopment.wordpress.com. Or follow him on Twitter at Coach Brady Walls. Last but not least, a big thank you to our first sponsor, Team Attack Academy. Go check them out at teamattackacademy.com. Thanks for listening and supporting Run the Power.